so before we take up the question just to complete what we read uh, in the first session so there are many interesting parallels between veda and savitri and how savitri completes what is hinted that is how i look at it so in the vedas one of the elements that you find constantly is the human soul and its journey in which there are opposing cosmic forces and helpful cosmic forces the devas and the asuras powers of light and powers of darkness here this is taken to its acme so death personifies all the possible forces of darkness and savitri as the you know mother of all godheads and strengths as the divine mother hey, no problem so she personifies all the all the powers of light क्या क्या चीज कुछ छूट सो सी पर्सनिफाइज ऑल दी फोर्सेज ऑफ लाइट और दी ओरिजिन ऑफ ऑल दीज फोर्सेज सो हियर अगेन यू सी एंड देर आर मेनी अदर एस्पेक्ट लाइक आई हर्ड ओवर हर्ड राधर स्पीकिंग ऑफ मंत्रा नाउ फॉर सावित्री द मदर हेज सेड इट इज द मंत्रा ऑफ ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन सो देर आर डिफरेंट इफेक्ट्स ऑफ मंत्राज लाइक मंत्राज ड्रॉय डेटी नियरर टू अस मंत्राज यू नो अवेकन ए सर्टन स्टेट ऑफ कॉन्शियसनेस इन अस एंड सो ऑन एंड सो फोर्थ but savitri is the mantra of transformation so it awakens in us states of consciousness which will take us towards the big goal of transformation so these are just two things i thought we'll touch upon and of course there are many aspects in it which you will see as we go by so again like vedas vedas are books of knowledge ved comes from the root ved to know and the knowledge enshrined there is the knowledge of the self and the knowledge of you know human life and the human journey now here it's not just knowledge of the self and the origin and the source but also knowledge of the future so savitri is also the prophetic vision of shirobindo you know how the future is pulling us and you know where are we going so all these things we will find in savitri and that is the reason why i say that this is the veda mantra of our times of the future and that's why many people feel that after they read savitri they don't feel the need for anything else this happened with me at least having read all the books of shurbindo and the mother and many other related and past and present um, indian spirituality myths legends all these things but after savitri one feels like you know just going into it more and more and more there is no limit to it so this is the great uh, power and significance of savitri and now we can come to the question Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
you know, when we talk about any of these books, there are two ways to understand it. One is the book, and from the book you proceed. But books are products of a human quest and the experience it has had. So start with the quest. That's how the life divine starts with human aspiration. So in the Vedas, the Upanishads, and the Upanishads. I won't uh, talk of the Gita in one go because Vedas and Upani- Upanishads are extracts from the Vedas, if you want. So we can talk of them together. So Vedas and the Upanishad, the quest is essentially for immortality, and therefore. They went deeper and deeper and discovered that there is a principle of immortality within us and there is a consciousness of immortality above us. So this they discovered. Consciousness of immortality, the principle of immortality within us. You see the soul in man is the immortal self. So when you discover it, you know that okay, this, all this is destroyed. But there is something which is indestructible. Okay, this one. Second is they discovered that there is a consciousness of immortality above us. So, you know, you go beyond up till physical matter is destroyed. Life also after a point, you know, even after death, up till a point it's not destroyed, then it disintegrates into the... Then mind, mind planes can be destroyed. But there is a consciousness, state of consciousness, which by its nature is indestructible. And that is the oneself. So they discovered these two great discoveries. Then they also discovered the self of the individual and the self of the universal are one and the same. So they could, you know, extend themselves through this door. And they were very happy with this discovery. And they had a path. The path, we know the path of the Vedas. Vedas primarily go through the gods. Gods are powers of consciousness, of light through whom they go. So they developed this particular godlike attribute within them, then that and then that and like a zigzag path and eventually they want to harmonize all the gods within. So it's a journey they undertake. Then the Upanishad says why we go through the gods. You have discovered that there is within us the principle of immortality. We can straight away combine with the supreme. It's there in the Vedas itself but Upanishads are extracting that portion that this is not important. Touch the Supreme who is inside, you know, and much of yoga subsequently has been that. But the beauty is now that in the Gita you see something new and unique. Otherwise it would be the same thing. In the Gita you see that there is a beautiful relation which Sri Krishna brings out between man, soul and the Supreme. A relation of love, of bhakti, of surrender, which you it's there in hinted in the Vedas and Upanishad, but it's not that flaming love of bhakti. You know, the human soul supplicates to the gods and the gods, you know, give him what they desire. But it's not bhakti the way we understand subsequent to Sri Krishna's coming, where you just abandon yourself in utter self-giving. There are hints. So Sri Krishna makes the path easier. He says, Ki, okay, fine, all this is fine, this is a great knowledge and I am giving you. Initially, he gives many of these things of the Vedas. And then at the end, where does he take us? The crown of the Gita goes into Bhakti Yoga. And then, you know, he says, Sarvadharman Parityaja, Mamekam Shadnam Praja. This doesn't come forth in the Vedas. Also, you see in the Gita, the mystery of the divine incarnate, which is not there in the Vedas and the Upanishads. Now, this is important because otherwise we say, no, no, Vedas are the ultimate. Yes, it's ultimate in the sense that the core seed ideas are there, no doubt about it. But then they will develop into a tree. Uh, that's how manifestation is. And that's the beauty of, you know, uh, Hindu thought. 
so you know it's evolutionary in process otherwise it'll be like any other religion ki we have a last book the first book is the last book and that's the end of the story but here we accept the principle of evolution now came after the gita and uh, you know during that time there is also a all this is fine that there is the divine self there is the divine self within and the divine self above what about this nature what is this nature what can be done about it is it enough what we know about nature or is there something more so the tantrics started exploring nature and they also derived their truth from seed ideas in the vedas that's why initially you know initially people were very suspect of tantra so they regarded tantra as something you know it's like not to be touched later on they put tantra as part of the agama text means the vedic text which have not a human origin but a divine origin so tantra started exploring nature and they started discovering behind every aspect of nature behind every movement there is a godhead it's not just you know few gods indra varuna mitra thrubichwa every aspect that's how came the 33 crore gods and ah that's is tantra basically behind every movement of nature there is a principle divine principle even a divine being maybe a miniature divinity if you see much of what we practice today in hinduism is tantra not veda <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> you see all the worship the puja guru shishya parampara in the sense we understand today there is a guru shishya parampara in the upanishads but it's more like he gives you the instruction and you awaken but the the upasana puja they all come from tantra yantras mantras they are, they are in the vedas but in the vedas mantras are like to unlock a door so you uh, reflect on the mantra it's like a great tremendous uh, idea containing a force within it and it unlock a door but in tantra the mantras are used to draw the deity close to you so all these powers is a very different game plan altogether so they discovered all the gods and goddesses behind the different forces of nature and because it is nature they would rather lean on the we may say the feminine aspect the creative aspect they said okay there is the one self but what is this creation how this creation has come so every aspect of creative energy that's why we use the word feminine so all the goddesses and then they went on and then puranas became a natural offshoot the same truths which are there in the vedas and the tantra purana brought a very beautiful blend so you will see that some of these puranas directly being inspired from the tantra at the same time they contain profound vedic truths but the gods have changed you know the gods of puranas are very different vishnu purana god is very different from vishnu in the vedas so like that so puranas are essentially about the devi worship or the powers of nature which also form an ascending hierarchy but where do they eventually lead us even in the vedas there is the feminine energies aditi is there ila is there sarma is there but in the tantra we see in developing as i said the seed is there so tantras believe in the devi worship yes essentially devi worship powers of nature so they said that i must understand nature i can't just you know so in tantra they 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 were two paths essentially one was they said okay we want to understand nature and its power but there are act- activities in nature 
विच आर एविडेंटली वेरी डार्क एंड डेंजरस यू नो द फाइव जिसको निषेध कहा गया मांस मदिरा मीन मैथुन सेक्शुअल रिलेशनशिप दिस ऑल दिस इज डार्क वी कैन टच दैट बट येस इमोशंस एंड थॉट दीज एनर्जीज विल टच सो दिस बिकेम द दक्षिण मार्ग द राइट हैंड पाथ और दाथ ऑफ नॉलेज दे इनिशियली डेंट टच सो दिस there are five with m mas madra mean maithun mean is muchly basically you know non veg uh, mas is also mas mean madra maithun and there is one more uh, fifth one matsar or something yeah things yeah ha huh? ha so but basically or, or mad you know basically it is the different dark elements of nature what we call today lower nature dark lower nature they said this cannot be touched this is untouchable there are some nice things in nature let's touch that and they handle it and this is dakshin this is the dakshin mark where they eliminated these five elements so dakshin tantra tantra has two paths the dakshin mark which is the path of knowledge they used nature energies and exploring it eventually they went to the realization of the self so nature ultimately gave them to the one supreme so it was also a door of escape but enjoying nature so they were not shunning from nature they said okay emotion behind the emotions there is a godhead of emotion goddess so they you know touch that pure emotion that intense emotion behind cognition there is a goddess who energizes our thoughts and activities and you know touch that but eventually through all this staircase they were going again towards liberation which is we'll discover the self but we'll go singing on the way you know like you're coming to pondicherry you can say ki acha ni ji ab hum tirth mein ja rahe hain hum keval meditation karenge that is vedanta and you said no no we'll see everything which is around and take the joy of everything around after all we are going going to the anand mein so that becomes tantra it's not shunning nature it's exploring nature its boundaries and going into wideness that's why shubhendra has used the word tantra as a bold and premature synthesis because it accepted world and you know took it into its took it with gusto that no let me find out premature science premature and a bold attempt is a science even vedanta is a science but yeah we'll come to the second one then it'll be complete we have just as the right hand path which is common ha right hand path dakshin path but then there were some even more courageous bold fellows you know for this particular aspect shubhendra used the word bold and premature and rash attempt there were some left hand tantrics vam marga they said why should any activity of nature be bereft of the divine truth now vam mark they said why not why not you know even things which are nishet after all there is some pleasure whatever it is in it let's go to its root there must be the principle of ananda even behind it that's why uh, when you are doing havan the ladies uh, make to sit on the left and that that came later on that came later here it's not about that that's a that principle is later that is a vedantic uh, idea that women should be on the left in the sense nature is always subordinated to the masculine element 
So always you will see that because in though puja and all this is tantric in element, our society largely has the stamp of Vedanta. That's why though we also say that Devi is woman, you know, you were rightly quoting some time back. But in practice, we don't follow because we have become predominantly Vedantic, the masculine principle. But uh, so ladies are, you know, behind, ladies are subordinated, ladies, they, they are there, but they are prakriti, you know, they are chalna, they are maya. It took extreme forms that, you know, shun women, ascetics started. But tantric said, why should we shun women? So they even, you know, had company of women, they also had, uh, you know, sexual activity and behind everything, they discovered the truth. Of course, it's not like you, they were indulging and enjoying the truth. No, you can't find, there is a discipline in it. And a very, very hard and strict discipline. But they took up even something which is dark. You know, in Ujjain, if you go, there is a Bhairav, Kal Bhairav Mandir. And you see snakes there outside, cobras. And you know what is offered to Kal Bhairav? Whiskey. Whiskey. It's a prasadam. <laughs> Kutta bhi betha hota hai. So, vahana. So, you know, that is the dark tantra went into that. Naturally, it fell because the... If you enter into the dark realm and want to master it, you need much greater power. You know, that was missing. That's, that's not only come out. You have to discover the principle of ananda in it. They are not going just to come out. They are going to discover the divine principle even in dark. Because everything comes from divine. Shabindu says that even in his last writings, 49, if you see, he says when he talks of sexual difficulty, and he says that, Apart from all crudeness which you have to thoroughly reject, yet all of it can, could not be eliminated from the divine life because behind it also there is a principle of truth. And he speaks later on that it is the truth of the union of Ishwara and Ishwari. So in Tantra you will see this uh, uh, woman partner who becomes a must in you know Tantrics. They could not practice Tantra without a Bhairavi. That's how the dark tantrics took it. The the right hand tantrics were the so-called, you know, who will go alone. Like Goraknath, Gorak, Apna Jo, Chief Minister Adityanath, he belongs to the right hand tantra. So, you know, Goraknath was right hand tantra and they, they talk about Kundalini experience and the awakening. So, he belongs to the right hand. But the left hand ones were gradually, they were looked down upon because mainstream society and yogis said, but there is a tantra like that which exists, we should know it. And we should know that, as Sri said, it was a bold but rash and premature attempt. <laughs> Not for tantra in general. Tantra, he said, was a synthesis, an attempt to synthesize world and God. But the defect was ultimately the goal was liberation, not transformation. No, that is the Vam Margi said. But Sri hints about it that, you know, there is a, eventually, even the darkest trunks of nature will be transformed. But, you know, that is again not generally spoken of. Tantra, as understood, was not the No, it is ultimately liberation. But you take the joy of the way. It is what is called, the other day we were talking about Dionysians. Joy of journey. You are not doing a journey, okay, meditate, chant this. They are taking the joy of the journey, fullness of the journey. All the powers in nature they are taking and going up. Singing along the way. 
Dionysian. Oh, we can, you know, come back to that later because. No, 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 no. He belongs to the the bright that Dakshin path. No, no, no. He is not. He is not. He belongs to the right hand path, which which you know you have Goraknath Parampara. No, 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 no. It is the dark path. It is the it is the Dakshin path, which is the path of tremendous self control. Left one, I have not named anyone because there are very few. Most of them are outcast. If you want to see a left hand tantric, you should go to Ujjain and go to this temple. And there are some tantrics who eat human flesh. Aghori nahi hai. He is not aghori. Left hand tantra, you find some aghoris, but aghori is a different thing altogether. We are not touching upon that. So essentially, this was tantra. All right. So tantras believed in ways. They discovered ways and means of bringing these forces of nature, these powers, these energies closer for a greater joy of life and also to effectuate human life in a better way. Conduct. So they have these mantras which can heal certain, you know, illnesses. It's there also in Atharvaveda. Is it a shortcut method also? No, no, no. They none. They no shortcut method. It's a no, no, that immediate relief, no, but real tantra to arrive at the divine, it's a more. No, uh, yes, but there are no such real tantrics. You know, now just doing mantra, somebody has to do the mantra siddha. See, I read a mantra from book, it is meaningless. As you were mentioning, some, you know, yesterday very nicely, and now we can touch upon that. That why is it? You said, no, that we read Savitri, but it doesn't have that effect. Now, after a while, when you keep reading, you will see that you will have mantra siddhi of Savitri. Savitri will just disclose itself. It contains that power because it has the power, and anybody with anybody this will happen. So the person who just reads a mantra from book and does it, it won't work out. He must have the mantra siddhi to reach that point where when he uses the mantra, the deity comes. Now, such tantrics are very rare. I have met. Couple of them here and there, but they are very rare. Most will pose because the books are there; it is available. So they will say, "Yes, this is the mantra." They will also initiate you, but they are themselves not mantra siddhas. So this is how it is. It, each of them is a siddhi, not easy. It requires tremendous, you know, um, well, self-sacrifice. All... That is a different thing. That is. Um, that is using these powers of nature for malevolent purposes. So tantrics have the power of nature. They can use it. The ideal purpose of this is to climb to higher states of consciousness. But you can misuse it. That's a different story. But then the power of the tantric goes in that case. Obviously. He suffers a fall. If you misuse it, then you have lost the purpose. So he has to rightly use it. But obviously, once you have the power, it's like a nuclear bomb. Nobody prevents you from misusing it and suffer the consequences. There was one who used uh, black magic against Yorubindo. And uh, they wanted to throw stones. So the tantric said, I can't throw stones within 25 meters radius. So then they wanted to plant a medium. So they planted one of their boys as the worker in the dining area. 
Watal was his name and they used to use him as a medium and materialize stones there. It's a well-known documented in the history of the ashram. And nobody could know, yes, where are they coming? People could see these stones are suddenly coming from here and there. So then they told the mother. So mother went inside in her trance and she saw this tantric had in his possession three vital beings who would throw stones. So mother asked, why are you doing all this? So they said that, well, I am in captivity of this fellow. If you want, we will come to you. So mother said, what can you do for me? They said, we can throw stones. Mother said, I am not interested. If you could bring flowers, I would be interested. So they went away. But the moment they went away, this magic fell. And this tantric fell severely ill. He was on deathbed. Then his wife came running and prayed to mother that he is on deathbed. And he realizes that he has made a mistake. Please save him. So mother went to Shurabindo and said, this is the situation. What shall we do? And Shurabindo said, what? Death for a few stones? And he recovered. That's all he said. What? Death for a few stones? So black magic, the danger is if it is tried against a spiritual person, it falls back. Because he is protected. Now this is of course a different uh, field. But just to summarize, Tantra is about that. Through nature you are climbing. You are not standing back from nature, not detaching yourself. But you are going swimming through nature upstream. Discovering that every nature energy, where is it coming from? Now, we have now the discoveries already made by the Tantrics who have paid the price for it. (laughs) But uh, that was the path they followed. Okay, so... That's how the Tantra goes. But in Tantra, you eventually discover the Divine Mother who will take you to the Parampurusha. Whereas in Vedanta, also you have contact with the Divine Mother from time to time, but the stress is on the Purusha aspect. It's it's a very vast subject. And you know, uh, now in Shurabindu's Yoga, you have the synthesis of both because... Uh, Here the goal is not liberation. Here the goal is transformation. So, you have to have Jagan Mata for transformation because you are dealing with nature. You are not dealing with liberation. If you are dealing with liberation, then why use, go through this path? Vedanta is good enough. But if you want transformation, then you have to go to the origin of creation, the original original creative force. Now, surely some of these tantrics may have when they were face to face, they may have, you know, uh, wondered ki kya creation ka kuch ho sakta hai, but earth was not ready. And even here you see the Divine Mother tells Ashwapati that you want this, eventually this will happen, but earth is not ready. Man will break down if I come down. And therefore, but Ashwapati insists, it's there in Book 3, Canto 4. And eventually she comes down. And she accepts. And this invocation of the Divine Mother here is for transformation, not for liberation. Because she is the original power, so she can change. She knows the technology. You see, when you have a problem, if you have to fix the fuse, you can call a fuse man. If you have to do some little bit alteration, you can call an engineer, technologist. But if you have to change the entire system, you don't know. So you have to call a master... uh, scientist you know who will tell you okay fine leave this place to me I'll do it handle it 
Now he'll do his all his calculations and lay down the wiring, um, test it that okay it can take that much current and change everything from let's say from electrical to solar energy. You have to allow that time. But that cannot be done by the fuse man or the local engineer who is the electrical department in charge. So that's why Shobindo was in search of the original power, if you want to put it in a human way, which is the origin of creation. And not just for his liberation, but to come down and change this world. So we will read a little bit of that. Okay? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 we can. Yes. No, Tantra doesn't talk of that. Only going up and then Divine Mother leads them to the Purusha. But the process is different from Vedanta. In Vedanta, it's primarily standing back from nature and then going. Here it is swimming with nature. And going up. Going up. So, so they. If one swims with nature while going up, the nature is getting transformed. No, it won't get transformed. It will just reveal its powers. You know, we know only this much of ocean, let us say. Uh, and now when we start swimming through with the ocean or with the river, let's say, ocean is too big to swallow. <laughs> so when you swim through the, instead of going, taking a helicopter, which Vedanta is and reaching there, you say, I'll go in the river route. So why going through? Jo- you will get new ports, new lands, new ghats, new, but eventually you are reaching that point. It's a slower process, but a more complete process because you are, if you see all civilizations were around the rivers because of the, you know, that was a means of communication. Now we have roads and helicopters. So, whereas if you take the helicopter, then you don't have the joy of the way. You have cut off from earth and you are reaching another point, which is fine. If that is the goal, it's fine. But Tantra says, no, we want to take the joy of the way. Yes. So then they didn't touch it. They didn't touch it. They said, no, no, this part we'll remove. I'll not go to that. There is a river current going in that direction in some dark cave. No, there we will not go. But Sri Aurobindo? complete transformation, so everything is included. But the, the process is different. It's not the way Vam Margis did. He clarified that. You have to first have the bedrock in, completely in the Divine Mother, secure in her, and then she will transform these elements in nature. But that's again, there are moments in this yoga where there are real, these dangerous energies which normally we don't confront and acknowledge. They emerge and you have to face them, confront them and offer them for transformation. The mother uses that way, that offer them to me. Don't shy away, don't, you know, I will not look, this is, uh, I don't have this, others have this. <laughs> they will come out and you keep offering because that is the path. Then she will transform. So, which is very different because then you will discover the truth behind these. The, there is also a power locked up there, no? So, what is the power behind even the dark forces? That is released and that much gain that a yogin has. So, we will read this uh, little bit, page 335. This is, of course, as I said, it's a very short summary. Otherwise, Tantra can be a whole workshop, like Vedanta can be a whole workshop. But in essence, so, Vedanta is where you detach yourself from nature 
and through a process of not this, not this, you eventually arrive at the self. Tantra says this too, this too, but eventually you arrive at the same self. Ah, that's it. Right? You want to go with nature, but eventually nature also is coming from source. Like you may start from any point in Ganges, but you are going upstream to Gangotri and Gomukh. And from Gomukh you are going to Shiva. So, Vedanta says, we, that's why he said it's extremely difficult. That, but that's what the Kundalini and all this is about. No, he didn't do that. He said first the Vedantic realization. And then, yes, anchored and then the Tantra, path of the Tantra. And then he made it easier. This was in Synthesis of Yoga. Then he made it easier. He said, open to the mother, she'll give you both. Because she has both the, somebody asked him, that is the uh, realization of this yoga greater or lesser than Nirvikalp Samadhi, which is the highest of, uh, you know, Vedanta. And uh, Shobindra said the realization this of this yoga is of course greater than Nirvikalp Samadhi. And if you turn to the mother, she will give you both. She holds the key. There used there is a famous example, Savikalp. Where still the seeds are there. You know this uh, famous story where Amrita and two others were reading Life Divine. And uh, mother was passing by and she said, So Amrita, what are you doing? Mother, we are reading Life Divine. Ah, what are you reading? Mother, Brahman, Maya, Ishwara, but we understand nothing, mother. Mother laughed and gave a little knock on their head and went upstairs. And when she gave a knock, these people went into trance. They had the experience of Brahman. When she comes back, she brought them down. And then she says, you know my child, I can give you Brahman realization like this. But we are not here for that. She made it clear. We are not here for that. Uh, He said, I can give you like this. But we are not here for that. We are here for something much greater. So. So we we will um, just read a little bit of Savitri. Before we, you know, run out of time. Page 335. I know what to do. I wish. I wish uh, we had eternity. We have eternity at our disposal, no doubt. But uh, uh, So, page 335. You know, in the previous canto, we... We had read, I think, yesterday or day before that Ashwapati is face to face with the Divine Mother and she pulls him and shows, look, this is the original plan in my heart, the new creation. So, Ashwapati naturally says that, give it for earth. So, what does she say? Page 335, five lines below. O son of strength who climbs creation speaks. She is addressing to Ashwapati a son of strength because he is the tapasvi. No soul is thy companion in the light. Alone thou standest at the eternal doors. What thou hast won is thine, but ask no more. O spirit aspiring in an ignorant frame, O voice arisen from the inconscience world, how shall thou speak for men whose hearts are dumb? He says, you want transformation? Ask human beings. They want dal roti. They want bibi bacche. They want chhat. You are asking for transformation. 
people don't want they want to remain human and have the human misery and gods to just take care of the human misery they don't want to change it to godhead how shall thou speak for men whose hearts are dumb make purblind earth the souls seer visions home or lighten the burden of the senseless globe in very powerful lines these i am the mystery beyond reach of mind divine mother is telling him i am the goal of the travail of the suns my fire and sweetness are the cause of life but too immense my danger and my joy awake not the immeasurable descent speak not my secret name to hostile time that's why in this yoga there is no conversion of others don't you know be in a hurry to tell everybody oh mother is there you turn to mother this is power which they won't be able to bear it if by chance they touch a fraction one reaches that point through a long journey it's not easy to you know <laughs> man is too weak to bear the infinite's weight truth born too soon might break the imperfect earth and then he gives uh, then there is a you know she says that wait ultimately it will happen one day this transformation will take place then ashwapati he pleads on our behalf he says yes i know one day it will happen millions and billions of years mother i have seen the suffering of humanity how will i go back and now live with human beings knowing that thou art there and things can change so we will read this part and we will stop with that you know we have all kinds of invocations <laughs> all in kinds of invocations of the divine mandri you will see chandi you know part people do at home and you will see various kinds of durga stuti and kali stuti and saraswati stuti and all these mantras we are taught now read this stuti here ashwapati is invoking the divine mother herself so we are on page 5 345 at the end of the whole thing ashwapati has this to say in adoration to the divine mother page 345 and you know this these mantras have the ring of this surpass the mantra you would you will see it you don't have to you know Uh, it's not something to be said it's something to be felt because we all have grown up in tradition where we have you know heard mantra chantings now you hear this mantra page 345 five lines from below o truth defended in thy secret sun voice of her mighty musings in shut heavens on things withdrawn within her luminous depths o wisdom splendor mother of the universe creatrix the eternal's artist bride linger not long with thy transmuting hand pressed vainly on one golden bar of time as if time dare not open its heart to god O radiant fountain of the world's delight world free and unattainable above 
O bliss, whoever dwellest deep hid within, while men seek the outside and never find, mystery and muse with hieratic tongue, incarnate the white passion of thy force, mission to earth, some living form of thee. One moment fill with thy eternity. Let thy infinity in one body live. All knowledge wrap one mind in seas of light. All love throbs single in one human heart. Immortal, treading the earth with mortal feet. All heaven's beauty crowd in earthly limbs. Omnipotence, girdle with the power of God, movements and moments of a mortal will, back with the eternal might, one human hour, and with one gesture change all future time. Let a great word be spoken from the height, and one great act unlock the doors of fate. See the power here. It doesn't need us to know the word meaning and analysis and all this. All school children should have this prayer required. Let people reach. It's too powerful. We just read, no, awake not the immeasurable descent. (laughs) This is for us. Let them reach, don't worry. <laughs> Otherwise, it will break the... See, uh, Mother would say here, coming to me should be the end of a long journey. It's the, it's, they will feel the need. It's enough that her presence, few people are invoking and there is an atmosphere. She will prepare the souls which are meant for this at a point of time. Just as, you know, of so many persons, you have come here. There are so many friends and people you know, but they are not ready so not to bother them about it. Speak not my name to hostile time. She says that. Because it will create issues. See, what we are discussing today, none of them is, uh, you know, a typical conformist orthodox will say, You know, people won't understand. They will have reactions from within. They will have resistances which are unknown, unseen. No, no, that's why I'm saying and this, you know, it will make it worse because when we prematurely try to sow a seed, when the soil is not ready, it will burn away. So, ulta effect hoga. You know, people who would have normally got ready over few lives will block that possibility because the resistance will rise from their depths and they, they won't know that they are becoming victims of, you know, unwitting. Uh, that's why the Gita was... Enthusiasm. That's why you must have noticed when people talk about which children we should we should teach them to be noble human beings. That's it. To face life with gusto and courage. Then they will be ready. So then she, you know, grants the boon. Next page. Here I'll not read the full thing, but just four lines above and four lines below. O strong forerunner, I have heard thy cry. You know, we hear about Tathastu. 
अब ये बताइए किस वेद और उपनिषद में ये दिया हुआ है कि भगवान कह रहे हैं वॉट ए म्यूजिक ओ स्ट्रॉन्ग फोर रनर आई हैव हर्ड दाई क्राई वन शेल डिसेंड एंड ब्रेक द आयरन लॉ चेंज नेचर्स डोम बाई द लोन स्पिरिट्स पावर A limitless mind that can contain the world, a sweet and violent heart of ardent calms, moved by the passions of the gods, shall come. All mights and greatnesses shall join in her. Beauty shall walk celestial on the earth. Delight shall sleep in the cloud net of her hair. and in her body as on his homing tree immortal love shall beat his glorious wings you see now you will see that every part and plane is thus the whole human consciousness the body its different aspects which are representative of worlds now everywhere something of her consciousness will come and be embodied in the persona of the divine mother you know what we are talking about tantra where different aspects are taken up of nature a music of griefless things shall weave her charm the harps of the perfect shall attune her voice the streams of heaven shall murmur in her laugh her lips shall be the honeycombs of god her limbs his golden jars of ecstasy her breasts the rapture flowers of paradise she shall bear wisdom in her voiceless bosom strength shall be with her like a conqueror's sword and from her eyes the eternal's bliss shall gaze a seed shall be sown in death's tremendous hour a branch of heaven transplant to human soil nature's shall overleap her mortal step fate shall be changed by an unchanging will so this is the invocation of the divine mother and the boon that she grants so that is the story of the birth of savitri the divine mother herself half the book half of savitri is ashwapati's first three books are ashwapati's yoga next in fact savitri is in three parts part 1 part 2 part 3 first part is ashwapati's yoga which is three books then you have book 4 5 6 7 and slipping into 8 which is part 2 which is about <coughs> savitri's coming and her yoga and then you have book 8 uh, book 9 10 11 and the epilogue savitri's victory over death which is the penultimate part 3 part 3 is savitri's victory over death so book 9 10 11 and the epilogue if you want to put it the 12th part 2 is book 4 to book uh, book 7 and some people include book 8 yes
that is how it was originally planned so you, i think now so they have something like that part 1 part 2 but no the entire her birth and the yoga yeah so they have part 3 so part 2 contains uh, book 8 also then her actual combat with death and winning the victory for satyavan is the part 3 which a penultimate so if you want to put it like that the first part is vedanta the second part is tantra and the third part is the grand synthesis of vedanta yoga it's a very crude way of putting it because you know there are many many things that need to be qualified but if you want to put it you can put it like that the experiences of secret knowledge and but he goes beyond the traditional vedanta because he sees that there is a greater glory which needs to manifest second you see tantra awakening of the kundalini and you know through nature savitri dives and the third part is the yoga of transformation which you know where the divine mother does the yoga for man it cannot be done by man man has to surrender to her 